Michigan State football's 2023 class is back up to 14 players thanks to Colton Hood out of Georgia committing. And also, what would a 12-team playoff look like in previous Michigan State seasons? And whose stock rose the most on Friday night? Let's get into it. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. the best people in the entire world. Of course, you already know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about you wonderful listeners and viewers of Lockdown Spartans. Thank you so much for making us your first listen or watch every single day here on the Locked on Spartans podcast and YouTube show. Before we get any further, today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Easy as that. All right, guys. Uh, packed show because that's just what life is in East Lansing. We're always busy, whether it's the offseason or whether it's right now leading up to week two of the actual regular season in football. Uh, we're going to start with the USA Today coaches poll. A little update on that. Yes, we do have some recruiting news because... Well, that's just how Mel Tucker operates. He recruits in the offseason, the regular season. I, he, the, the man does not stop. He is relentless, and then we dive into the mailbag. But first, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel. If you want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com or comment below on YouTube if you are a viewer on the YouTube channel or if you're an old-fashioned podcaster. Hey, like I said, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. Uh, let's get into it. Just only one bit of news that happened on Tuesday, and it's um, MSU. Hey, look at us. Jumped up to number 11 in the USA Today coaches poll. Uh, they jumped Oregon, who, thanks to having Bo Nix as their quarterback, got absolutely sma- smashed by Georgia. Uh, Utah, tough loss there, but Michigan State jumps them. And then NC State uh, stood pat after their close win against East Carolina. So MSU... Up to number 11. Uh, Now, hey, we could be a top 10 team after this weekend. It's not too far out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Look, Appalachian State visits Texas A&M. Texas A&M ranked number 6 right now. So, hey, maybe uh, Appalachian State can cause a big upset down there. Or, more likely, BYU. That's right, number 25 ranked BYU is hosting number 10 Baylor. So, hey, should the Baylor Bears fall in Provo? Well, Michigan State slides up to a top 10 standing just in three weeks. How about that? And that's, of course, you know, uh, assuming, assuming maybe uh, incorrectly, but I think I'm going to be correct here. Assuming that Michigan State takes care of business against Akron on Saturday. So, Let's get into the news that actually happened on Monday. Just couldn't get to it because we had so much to talk about with Stephen Brooks. That's sorry, Colton Hood, but you had to wait until right now. Let's get into talking about the latest commitment for Michigan State football. It is three-star cornerback Colton Hood out of Georgia. That's right. One of Mel Tucker's favorite states to pick talent from. Uh, He's six feet tall, 170 pounds, and he has offers from Florida. From Penn State, from LSU, from Clemson, from Auburn, from Arkansas. Really, this this seems like an offer sheet that matches a four-star prospect, not a three-star prospect. But hey, that's just uh, who Colton Hood is right now. He is a three-star guy, of course. Things can always change. And, well, we also know, too, that Mel Tucker and company, 
doesn't really like to go for three-star rated kids unless they feel very high about him. And just like I said, it's not just Mel Tucker that feels high about him. It's, you know, a lot of Power 5 programs like Florida, Penn State, LSU, Clemson, Auburn, Arkansas. So we could have a diamond in the rough situation right here because 24-7 Sports has Colton Hood rated as a top 800 kid. You know, he, he's a middle three-star ranking right there. He's the 73rd highest ranked cornerback in the nation. And just out of kids from the state of Georgia, he has a number 79 ranking amongst uh, the whole Peach State right there. And uh, we we talk about this time to time. We talked about it a lot last year because, well, Mel Tucker got seven kids from Georgia last year. If you're rated in the top 100 players in the state of Georgia, you're probably a good player. There's a big difference between recruiting kids out of Michigan, where you probably better be in the top eight, maybe top ten, or otherwise, eh, I don't really see it for you. Whereas Georgia, talent for days down there. And clearly, Colton Hood is one of these players that Mel Tucker absolutely positively loves. Uh, he's got a solid wingspan, too. You know, just for being six feet tall. And Colton Hood also uses that wingspan as he plays receiver down there at uh, Eagles Landing Christian. Uh, you know, plays both sides of the ball down there. Also a, a established baseball player, too. I, I've heard that he could be looking to play baseball at MSU as well. Save that for a later date, though. But look, I, he's athletic. Uh, he can stop on a dime. Really good at getting in and out of cuts. And now you have three cornerbacks for the 2023 class again. Again, we, we did have three cornerbacks for a hot second, and then Jalen Braxton decommitted, but now you're looking at four-star Chance Rucker, three-star Eddie Pleasant, and now three-star Colton Hood making up the trifecta of cornerback prospects that are going to be coming to East Lansing in 2023. Uh, other fun facts about Colton Hood, too, is that his teammate at Eagles Landing Christian down in Georgia just happens to be top 60 player Offensive tackle DJ Chester. Yes, of course, uh, Michigan State is looking at him. They would love his commitment too. I mean, name me a program that wouldn't take the commitment of a top 60 kid. However, don't hold your breath for it, even though Colton Hood has committed to Michigan State because uh, DJ Chester, he's already burnt up all five of his official visits and none of those five were Michigan State. Of course, you don't have to commit to a team where you've had an official visit at just ask Peyton Kirkland who didn't even take an unofficial visit let alone an official visit before committing to Texas not too long ago but maybe Colton Hood is the world's greatest salesman and can get his teammate up to East Lansing as well but uh, again wouldn't hold your breath over it uh, now what could be a likely scenario is that Colton Hood's younger brother Brandon Hood is a running back recruit uh, he doesn't have a ranking on 24-7 sports yet, still a little early for him, but he has offers from schools like Penn State, from Pitt, so could be a talented running back right there that, hey, maybe follows his brother up to East Lansing as well. Uh, like I said, this is the first Georgia kid of the class, and I'm sure that was killing Mel Tucker, because last year's class had seven Georgia peaches in the class. We just talked about how talent-rich Georgia is in high school football, so yes, I'm sure Mel is uh, finally happy to finally uh, get a Georgia peach off the board and up to East Lansing. So, just a little broad look at Michigan State's 2023 class. They are back up to 14 commits. Uh, they are ranked number 21 in the nation, 
and that is a class with 10 four stars and now four three stars. Not too shabby. Uh, you got the third best class in the Big Ten, and that also means you have the third best class in the Big Ten East as well because Ohio State is good at football and recruiting in football. Uh, they're actually having a down year, according to them. They're only ranked number sixth in the entire nation, but they're still boat racing every other Big Ten team when it comes to recruiting. And Penn State is also the second best team in the Big Ten with recruiting. Uh, nationally, they sit at number 12. And yeah, so Michigan State is there at number three with 14 commits. Uh, Michigan also has 14 commits, but MSU has them beat with number of four stars and average player ranking. So look, grand scheme of things, you're feeling pretty okay about where Michigan State is. And it also kind of goes without saying, too, if you follow recruiting even a little bit, that there's a lot more to go. Um, signing day is not till December. Michigan State is not going to stand pat at just 14 kids. They will keep on adding. Maybe they lose a kid to a decommitment. Maybe they swing a kid, have them decommit from another school. This is all just me saying that uh, we got a long way to go still, even though the class is hey sitting at 14 kids, which is uh, pretty good with uh, where you want to be to start your September. So there you have it. We got a lot of great mailbag questions to get to in a hot second. Uh, going from, hey, whose stock rose on Friday to, uh, uh-oh, Washington looked pretty good in their game on Saturday. Should we get a little worried? But hey, I just got to talk to you fine folks about upside. That's right. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and oh my goodness gracious, does it really hurt. Uh, but hey, that's why I started using Upside. That's right, Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which is, yeah, that's probably you. I'm going to fetch a guess that you do at least one of those things, and with every purchase, I am earning cash back thanks to Upside. So easy to use. This isn't a too-good-to-be-true app. No, it's, it's pretty... It's a pretty good no-brainer of how it works. So what you do, let's just all get it started by downloading the free GetUpside app. Use promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Just hit the check-in at the business and pay as usual with a credit or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you could earn three times more cash back with Upside, and Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store, and that's a high rating. So download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more with promo code LOCKED. And before we dive headfirst into our mailbag here, hey, thank you so much for making us your first listen every single day here on the Locked on Spartans podcast. On tomorrow's show, we have Greg Jones joining us ahead of his massive MSU Athletics Hall of Fame induction. And then Friday's show, we'll get into a little bit of a Akron preview. Um... If you've heard me talk about Akron at all this week or a little bit last week, you know that maybe you and the 10 closest people in your radius could probably feel the team that could beat Akron. But hey, we're still going to break them down. We're still going to preview them. Let's get into the mailbag here. We got a question. LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Whose stock went up 
and who's went down in Friday night's game against Western. Uh, and I don't think that this is necessarily a homer thing that I'm about to say, but I have a hard time naming anyone for stock down uh, because when I see the stock, you know, I'm thinking of, of the future. Like, did Peyton Thorne have a great game? No, not at all, but for the future of the season, I think he's going to be okay. So stuff like that. However, on the flip side, there are some guys uh, who I really thought the stock went up on. So let's just get to those guys right here. And no, I, I did not name guys like, you know, uh, Daniel Barker or Keon Coleman or even Jeremy Bernard because those were three guys that I was pretty high on to begin with. So the fact that they all scored touchdowns, had a solid and strong presence on the offense... That's just kind of what I expected. Now, I will say this. A, a guy who I thought was going to be good, who still had his stock rise, is Jacoby Winman on the defensive end. Uh, okay, I didn't expect four sacks out of the guy. And really, just like we talked about with Stephen Brooks yesterday, maybe he should be credited with five sacks because Chris Bogle's sack, well, quarterback went right to him after he saw, once again, Jacoby Winman peeking out of the bushes and scaring the living daylights out of him because that's just all Jacoby Winman did. Um, look, you, you win uh, National Defensive Player of the Year, or I'm sorry, of the Week per the Walter Camp Award, and then also Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to be good going into the season, but you tack on those awards and that game tape as well, I, I'm even higher on him than I was before, and I didn't think that was possible because I thought the world of Jacoby Winman when this season started, but here we are. Love that pleasant surprise. Also, I can only say the stock is up on the offensive line. Uh, they only let up one sack, and that was against a team in Western Michigan that had the third highest sack rate in the country last season. Now, I will say this. Yes, they are missing defensive tackle Ali Fayed, who graduated last year and he was their best defensive lineman, but they still return both edge rushers, and like I've talked about all up and down last week, all three of their starting linebackers from a year ago as well. And to have Peyton Thorne stay upright for most of the game, only just one sack, that's pretty good, and oh, if you don't think I am to be believed on that, Peyton Thorne actually spoke with the media today after practice and said, quote, I thought the O-line played really well and then went on to say, quote, it was a good job of them knowing our offense and knowing their responsibility, especially for their first time being together. So yes, I'm just some idiot with a microphone, but take Peyton Thorne's word for it that the offensive line had a strong game on Friday night, that goes from starter Brandon Baldwin to the guys in the interior, Spencer Brown as well. So uh, stock goes up there, and that's after an offseason of kind of panicking about what the O-line's going to be like. Now is mission accomplished? Are we just happy and, oh, it's going to be great? No, no, we still want to see a little bit more of them. But that's a great first step that the offensive line took on Friday, I thought. And also a guy that I thought was going to be decent, but actually might be pretty, pretty good. Jalen Berger, I was really impressed with. And maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe you thought that he was going to be this good going into the season. And good on you. That, that's a great, great call on your part. I thought he'd be solid. But I really was impressed by his vision that he had at the line. Hitting holes when they open. Or, okay, if there's not the hole there in the assigned lane that he's supposed to run through. Oh, Hey, here's a hole over here. Making the split-second decisions, getting through the line, and, of course, averaging 7.5 yards per carry. 
that doesn't hurt either. So his stock goes up for me as well. Michigan State's going to be okay in the running back room, thanks to him and Jarek Broussard. And last but not least, got to shout out Chester Kimbra. That's right, tough season for him last year, but I thought started really well at slot corner on Friday night. Two pass breakups, six tackles, and a sack and tackle for loss. So that's a great game physically for, for Kimbra, but also probably mentally as well to start his season on the right foot after last year's kind of saw the wheels fall off the axles uh, a little bit. So, hey, the only way to go is up for him, and that was a strong, strong start as well. Now, question number two was a, was a lengthy email by emailer Kevin, but we're going to read the whole thing because he had a lot of good stuff in here. So he writes, Kent State was predict sorry, Kent State was a predicted I can't read. Kent State was predicted to be a contender for the MAC title, according to Chris Vanini of The Athletic and others, while Western Michigan was predicted to be a middling to low-tier MAC team. My question is this. What do you think we can glean from these opening week games in the run-up to the Washington game? It seems like the Huskies had no issue with Kent State, whereas we had a bit uh, sorry, we had a bit of some sputtering on offense and some eye test questions against the Broncos on defense in the second half. I'm taking the performance with a slight grain of salt considering we had some injuries of the secondary, but how concerned should I be that I might be traveling across the country to witness an unsavory result in the person against Michael Penix of all people? Talk me down off the ledge of the Space Needle, please. Kevin, you've come to the right spot because I think I will talk you off of this ledge of this proverbial Space Needle. And uh, look, hey, if you've listened to this podcast before, if you've watched this podcast before, you know I can get a little jumpy. I can get a little panicky. I can start to worry about things that aren't really anything to worry about. So, um, no, I don't fault Kevin or anyone else for getting a little worried about Washington. But hopefully I can bring some calmness here because, look, Washington is going to be a great test for Michigan State. They always were going to be a great test. But I don't think Kent State was really a good test at all against Washington. Now, let me explain here. Sure. Like, Washington looked good. Uh, Michael Penix, you know, he's back with his old Indiana offensive coordinator in Kalen DeBoer. And he had his best season under Kalen DeBoer. However, we got to look at what Kent State is, right? And I know that they're picked to be amongst the top teams in the MAC, Which I kind of question, honestly. Because uh, Kent State on offense which is the straw that stirred their drink the last few seasons. Okay, they're breaking in a new quarterback. They're replacing four offensive line starters, and they only have two receivers coming back from last season. Okay, that that doesn't seem like a team that is going to hit the ground running to start this year. Now, maybe by the time they get to Mac play, things will be ironed out, but... Wow, game one, week one with a new Q, new QB replacing 80% of your starting offensive line. Okay, the Golden Flashers were kind of set up for failure to begin with. And yes, Kent State did solid last year. Not their defense, though. Uh, their defense was a struggle bust the entire year. They were near the bottom of the MAC in giving up five yards per carry. Okay, and against all odds, their pass defense might have been even worse. So yes, while Kent State is a decent team, they were decent because their offense made up for so many issues that their defense provided. Like Their defense was letting up nearly 30 points per game last season, but their offense was running at a higher clip. I, I, you're not going to see that early on this season, though, with, I'll say it a third time, 
a new quarterback, four new offensive linemen, and then, oh yeah, a receiver room that was kind of pretty empty from last season. So, yes, Washington will be a tough game, but I don't view Washington any differently now than I did before they played Kent State, just because I don't think Kent State is really all that good. And if they are going to be good in a MAC contender, it, it, they they need to iron out some things after four weeks. And ugh, yeah, that no, I look, I, I hate to be the the player haters ball right now, but Kent State, yeah, no, I think a, a tad, a tad overrated. So no, and, and then also Kevin goes on to write one thing that I noticed is that even at a completely reasonable time and presumably beautiful weather on the West Coast, the stands were empty in Seattle. Can we expect a takeover of the stadium on par or better than the Miami game last year? Also, will you be traveling like last year, and will you take a fireball shot with me? If so, Kevin, I would love to, except one problem I'm I'm going to be watching here in sunny Michigan, sadly. Very envious of everyone traveling to Washington. Really wish I can make that trip, but uh, I think a lot of people would be down to take a shot of Fireball with you because, yes, I do think that this will be a stadium takeover again. Last year's game at Miami, that was a neutral field game. State fans travel hard. We party hard. We root for our teams hard. And also it happened the year, I was going to say the year prior, a few years prior actually, uh, the Arizona State game over in Tempe. That stadium was a quarter to a third full of Spartan fans. They had 20,000 plus travel for that game, so... Yes, the West Coast Spartan contingent, the traveling Spartan contingent, will fill up Husky Stadium. I don't know if it'll make it a bonafide home game, but I I do imagine that it will be a strong showing for Michigan State fans to make it feel like a neutral field. No doubt about that. Don't don't let anyone BS you and say MSU fans are all fair. We're we're one of the best traveling fan bases in the entire country, and if you don't believe me, just just wait a few weekends when we're in Seattle and half the stadium is green and white. All right, we got more mailbag questions to come, but first, that's right, we got a new one for you. We are talking about Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner, and Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group are your local farmland specialist. That's right. With decades of experience in the Corn Belt agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange, expanding your operation, or selling a row crop farm, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. And great service is just the beginning. Acre Pro provides unparalleled land data, including soil ratings, elevation, flood zones, and land valuation across parcels so that you can get the full picture up front and be confident in the entire land market. Your agent will cater to each of your individual needs and help you navigate the complexities of buying and selling land so that the process is made simple. Experience the ease of AcrePro by working with farmland specialists like Kyle Rule, Brady Hammond, Neil Herr, and Kyle Spray. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765 675- 587-3185. That's Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group. And let's get back into the mailbag here. That's right. We're, we're just diving head first. And hey, let's just do the hypothetical of hey, just saw that the playoff expanded to 12 teams. What would it have looked like in previous years where Michigan State would make the college football playoff? Well, thank you for asking. That's right. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com if you have a question as well. 2014. 
Uh, would have been a fun one. Would have been a very fun one. Of course, that's the year Michigan State went on to win the Cotton Bowl. Dramatic comeback against Baylor. But in the 12-team format, where seeds... Oh, God, what is it? Uh, it is uh, 5 through 12 are in the court... Or, yeah, 5 through 12 play the first round with the higher seed hosting the home game. This would have been fun because MSU was an 8 seed. And they would have hosted a playoff game against Ole Miss. That's right, the running Rebels. Now, the winner of that would have taken on the number one seed in a bowl game. And that would have been against number one, Alabama, who was not the national champion that year, actually. That's the year Ohio State beat Alabama in the national title. But, yes, Spartan Stadium hosting a playoff game against number nine seed Ole Miss, only to have maybe a tough game against Alabama later on. Now, 2015, we're not hosting a game at Spartan Stadium. We're not going anywhere else either because we got the first round bye into the quarterfinals and we would have played the winner of number six-seeded Stanford versus number 11-seeded TCU. Now the issue is uh, that number two seed, should we have beaten uh, the Cardinal or the Horned Frogs, the two seed was still Alabama. That, that same Alabama team that we kind of maybe sort of got slaughtered by in 2015. But maybe, maybe we don't ever face them because, hey, on that side of the bracket, out of that quarterfinal, would have been the winner of North Carolina versus, drumroll, Ohio State. Yes, that loaded Ohio State team that Michigan State beat in the horseshoe. That would have been an awesome quarterfinal game. Ohio State versus Alabama. Two Titans, two teams that were favorites to win the national title that year. MSU is facing the winner of that team right there. So it could have been a very dramatic rematch in 2015 of uh, the, the stunner where Michael Geiger drilled last second field goal. So that, if not for nothing, would have been a very fun semifinal game if you get out of the Stanford or TCU game. Now, 2017, sad to say, Michigan State does not make the college football playoffs. They ended that season ranked 16th in the college football playoff standings. So uh, we would have to jump up to 2021, of course, which was last year. Now, how would Michigan State have fared in a 12-team playoff? As the 10th seed, they would have hit the road to Ohio State for the second time that year. Gotta say, kind of happy with the Peach Bowl uh, in hindsight. A lot more fun winning a Peach Bowl against Pitt than, than call me a loser or loser's mentality than going back to Ohio State to face the team that you just lost to by 12,000 points. I, I didn't necessarily need that in my life. Now, let's say that Michigan State defies the odds and they erase that 50-point deficit in Columbus and they beat Ohio State. Who are they playing in the quarterfinals? <sighs> Number two seed in Michigan is who they would have faced, and there is a 0.0% chance I would have survived the buildup to that game up until kickoff. I would have died of a heart attack, aneurysm, uh, just internal combustion. I would have exploded by then. There's no way that I mentally or physically or spiritually could have done another MSU versus Michigan matchup last year. So, no, I'm happy with how the last season ended. Uh, again, 12-team playoff coming to you in 2026 or sooner. Stay tuned. So, that's right. Uh, we got two quick more uh, sorry, two more quick mailback questions to get through. This is from Brandon, uh, who wrote, Just wanted to ask a question for the show, and that simply is, where was Ronald Williams? Uh, that is a great question. Chuck Brantley started over him on Friday night. Ronald Williams got in there a little bit. 
at the end of the game as well. Played a lot of special teams too. And uh, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports talked about this on yesterday's show. Don't expect everyone to listen to every single show, but this is the Cliff Notes version of what Stephen had to say is that Williams during fall camp was in and out with injuries. Never completely out, but a little dinged up here and there. But also, but also, Chuck Brantley just probably straight up won that starting job. And hey, Brant- Brantley played really good. I you know, look 10 tackles in the season debut for him. So Ronald Williams right now as it stands is just a solid depth cornerback right now and a special teams player. Now, of course, things could change, whether it be performance or injury. But right now as it stands, I- Chuck Brantley, that's right, the sophomore won that battle fair and square. So he gets to play opposite of Amir Speed. And last but not least, uh, this is from Kyle, who wrote in, uh, okay, a, a prediction, actually, that Tucker will pull a Harbaugh, and then writes you, not really, much classier and more professional, and give the walk-on kicker the lead in game two, then make a call who is him at kicker the rest of the season. Now, as we know, Jack Stone, he got every kick on Friday night, all five extra points which he made. He had the 40-plus yard field goal, which went... Uh, kind of sideways. Actually, a lot of sideways. But regardless, I don't think that will happen, Kyle. However, I've been run on a few things so far this season. Like Ben Van Sumer. Never saw him starting at cornerback. Sorry, linebacker. Ben Van Sumer's a linebacker. Let me reiterate that right now. Um, but I can kind of see it, actually. Maybe Mel Tucker trots out Steven Rusnak for the Akron game. Or... Or Ben Patton, the Auburn transfer, because I thought that Ben Patton would be getting the start. He showed that he has the medal to make kicks, like that 49-yarder he made in the Iron Bowl last year. He's got the leg for it. So I was surprised to see Ben Patton not get the start. Now, there's going to be no shortage of kicking opportunities against Akron. And if there isn't a lot of opportunities for kicks, okay, that means something really bad is happening. Kicker's like the lowest thing on our list of worries. But regardless... I, I will be interested to see if Jack Stone gets every single kick coming up this game, or if Rusnak does get a field goal try, or an extra point try, or Ben Patton gets to attempt a field goal. So, very fascinating storyline here that's maybe still unfolding, but if Jack Stone goes out there and, let's say, drills both field goals and not, does not miss an extra point, I think we can shut the storyline down until maybe a catastrophe, a, a catastrophe of a performance one day where he has to switch kickers but yeah I, I don't hate that look I, just like I said I've been wrong on predictions before so maybe you're spot on Kyle that hey he's gonna let Ben Patton take the wheel and kick everything on Saturday so yeah that's one of the things I'm gonna be looking forward to though is uh is Jack Stone really the guy or are we gonna be playing some more kicking musical chairs which is always a fun game <laughs> to play in the world of college football so there you have it guys uh thank you so much for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. Again, tomorrow we have Greg Jones on. Uh, if you watch on YouTube, it's just going to be a thumbnail with the audio. The, the video was really hit and miss the entire interview, so I'm not going to play around with that. It's just going to be a thumbnail. So if, if you, for some odd reason, wanted to look at my face during the interview, you, you're not tomorrow. Uh, maybe you want to look at my face just to feel better about yours. So uh, if that's the case, go back and watch some uh, previous episodes as well. Or look forward to Friday's show where we will, of course, break down the Akron game, things that we want to see, and then also five best bets. You know where to find us. Locked on Spartans, your team every single day. Now go enjoy the rest of your day. Love you all. Go Green.